You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Blue Wire. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is Kyle Murray. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. Jackson, Jackson himself. Look at him dart back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles! He is Houdini! Touchdown! Patrick Mahomes with a rope! Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. Alright guys, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points and our friends at Blue Wire. I am your host, Blake Level. With me, as always, my co-host Dylan Reagan, and we're back here to jump into fantasy football. Yes, on the previous, uh, what, eight episodes, I guess, Dylan, we went through <laughs> yep. uh, all the divisions in the NFL and kind of gave some general thoughts and uh, overview on everything that you could perhaps expect in those divisions, but now uh, we mentioned a little bit of fantasy stuff in them, but not a whole lot, and this is where... Over the next couple episodes, we turn our attention primarily to fantasy football and discuss it uh, and what we will perhaps expect uh, this season. And so, Dylan, we'll do what we always do here. We will uh, look at uh, our kind of tier, our top tier, when we, we talk about drafting. And the players, certainly, you're going to be targeting near the top of your draft uh, when it comes to the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end positions. Uh, and then at the end, we will discuss some of our breakout candidates. That's always fun to do because there will inevitably be some players that uh, kind of fall down the board uh, somewhere and uh, will wind up being people that most likely will win you your league uh, at the end of the the year, probably. So, uh, yes, lots of stuff to get into, so let's dive into it. I guess, Dylan, the best place to start is the quarterback, and uh, as we always say, this one feels a little more predictable uh, when you talk about fantasy production and uh, the players kind of at the top versus maybe the, the running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, there are some maybe a little surprising uh, one player that we kind of talked about before the before we started recording that is in that top tier, at least according to the fantasy pros and from ESPN's projections. But for the most part, you know what you're going to get. And there's a reason, obviously, uh, that you don't draft these guys insanely high, because uh, for the first 10 to 12 guys, uh, even a little past it, sometimes you feel pretty good about the production you're going to be getting. It's not as uh, as vital as making sure you really hit with your top running backs, especially, but also receiver. But, uh, you, you know, a little more wiggle room here. Obviously, it's really nice to have a, a guy like Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson or and, and more recently Aaron Rodgers last year. But uh, there's also that next tier where you're still going to win a lot of games as long as your roster's solid. So feel, yeah, not as, uh, like you said, just kind of, you know, based on what these offenses are doing, a lot of these top quarterbacks have been with the same coaching staffs or close to the same coaching staffs for a number of years. And if they haven't, in the case of a guy like a, like a Justin Herbert, where you hear their head coach and uh, offense coordinator talking about how much they want to air it out, you get a general idea of, uh, you know, what you, to expect from uh, the, the how these teams are going to approach the games and how much faith they're going to put into the quarterback and how many times they're going to be dropping back. Also, 
obviously knowing how good some of their defenses are and how they might have to be th- uh, if they're not so good they might be having to throw the ball quite a bit to get back into some games which always helps for those uh garbage time yards yeah no that's always a big part of it and that's where we say sometimes when we project the season the projections can be different when it comes to fantasy and actual you know projecting um wins and top stuff like it's just it, it can be a lot different because uh, we know that it's it's all about numbers and stats and um it's an interesting group you know at the top of this quarterback tier i mean you know i think we kind of have a pretty good idea that patrick mahomes should have a pretty good season um i think that's that's pretty clear josh allen will be in that conversation of course uh, when you talk about those two in particular i think are I mean, those are your top two, I think, pretty clear-cut, really. I mean, and that's not to take anything away from Lamar Jackson. I just think that, um, you know, most people are probably looking at Mahomes and Josh Allen as the top two. Lamar Jackson's going to be in that category, of course. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, those in particular. And then, of course, there is Kyler Murray. Um, You know, those kind of players are going to be very, you know, in high demand at the top. And uh, I think, really, Dylan, the interesting thing is, we'll talk about this a little bit in some of these quickly, but... I think for quarterbacks in particular, it's going to be interesting, I think, who kind of jumps into that tier behind them. Is that, you know, is it a Ryan Tannehill? Is it, um, you know, I mean, is it Tom Brady? Like, you know, these are the kind of things that you wonder. And if you look on Fantasy Pros, you know, the one behind all those names we mentioned, the top seven, is Justin Herbert. And yeah. I think um, I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, can, can the Joe Burrow jump into that mix? Because, like you said, maybe they're down and they're having to throw the ball a lot and he's racking up yards and he's got some good receivers. Um, I think that's always one of the fascinating parts of this, too, when you try to figure this out. Yeah, it's uh, like you're saying, outside of that top group, but that's where it kind of goes in. I also look at, like, what guy am I going to draft in that? T- Usually, at least personally, I'm not a, someone that's going to be drafting quarterbacks insanely early, but I do try to get that Tier 2 guy that I think has Tier 1 potential. I think Justin Herbert has a shot, uh, given what they were able to do last year. Only improved offensive line when we went over the preview for the Chargers with Corey Lindsley and how much he's going to help Herbert, and also just the way that uh, this coaching staff's approaching him. They, uh, I think that he has a really good opportunity to, you know, especially with the Charger defense. While I'm excited for Brandon Staley to be there, I don't know how quickly all the personnel is going to fit exactly that scheme. So I don't. I feel like they're going to play some high-scoring games. I feel like they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. They, still, they improved their offense a lot, but not enough to run the ball as much as they might want to eventually. So I think Herbert has that kind of shot to, to, to penetrate that top group. And it always kind of fluctuates, right? Like we we look at last season and we think about some of the, the top scorers from the whole season of and fantasy points. And then you, you might uh, you know be a little surprised when you see guys like Tom Brady at number eight or Lamar all the way down at number 10. So these guys that we expect, like Lamar Jackson, to bounce back and be in that top four, it doesn't always happen. Uh, for my tier one, it, yeah, like you said, it's, it's Mahomes and Allen easily at the top. It gets harder after that. I, I, I'm going to put Kyler somewhere in that top five just based on how much they love to throw the ball, how much he's able to run, obviously plays a big part into it. I think Rodgers still deserves to be in there. I, he's he's a little bit lower on their on their estimated one here at number seven from Fantasy Pros. I'd probably put him in that in that three four spot still. Uh, I know last year he finished third in fantasy points, uh, at least with I believe the standard scoring uh, here. So um, I, I still have a lot of faith in what he's able to do. And then at, rounding out that top five, I'd still feel pretty good. Um, I've putting Lamar. I still think that's my five, but if. I, out of anyone that could penetrate the top, yeah, I think Tom Brady, obviously, you're going to feel decently good about him outplaying those projections with how, as long as the offensive line stays healthy. I could see, you know, obviously, they that allows them to run the ball pretty well uh, when they get near the goal line, but I could see Tom having a bit num- better numbers despite, obviously, not rushing often. Um, and I, I think Herbert's the one surprise one. I think there's going to be people 
potentially if you have a Charger fan in your league. You might be taking him a little early <laughs> compared to what I yeah. think is do, uh, uh, reasonable. Um, but I think he has a chance to penetrate that top five. Other ones, I mean, yeah, like you said, with Joe Burrow, I it, I mean, it depend, they're going to have to throw the ball a lot, I believe, uh, as long as he can stay healthy. That's the, the big key. Uh, but he could he could slide up into that tier two at least uh, from a guy that's a little bit deeper in the draft. Um, uh, other guys that are even deeper on here that uh, I feel like obviously it's only preseason, but I feel like Tua has a decent chance to outperform his 17 uh, rating here on Fantasy Pros. I could see him being closer to 10, 11 with that really good Dolphins defense uh, that will uh, ultimately give him the ball a lot, even if he's not going to have to throw as much late. I can see he, he, as he gets a little more confident in his health, uh, him running more too. So uh, I think that top five again, but out, outside of it, like you're saying, that these guys that can penetrate it or at least just move up tiers, that's where uh, you're going to make, especially a quarterback where it's such a saturated position. If you can just get some value with the mid-round guys and get them into that tier two performance-wise or a tier two guy performing like a tier one, that's where you're really going to make a jump in your league at this position. Well, never forget, Ryan Fitzpatrick is always out there. So yes. uh, perhaps at some point, uh, I mean, I, I, we, we've all been down this road. I mean, I listen, I'm not afraid to admit I've picked him up multiple times the past several years. Yeah. Although I think it may look a little different this year in Washington that doesn't necessarily screen the type of team I think is going to throw the ball 50 times. Um, but could be wrong. We'll see. Uh, all right, let's get into, uh, you know, the running backs, because this is where, you know, again, this is uh, probably a very, a very make or break type position for you. When it comes to fantasy, um, you certainly need to be able to, to really hit these uh, well, even though there are, are a lot of options. But that top tier, Dylan, we know can really uh, set you apart week in and week out just based on the consistency in that. And I think for most people, there are, you know, I think a good handful of options here. Uh, maybe even I think you have, I think there's probably a good six I would feel really, really good about. Um, and really, you know, you could probably mix and match uh, on, on a couple of those. Um, and I think we're going to be talking here about Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, um, Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott, and Nick Chubb. I think those six are probably yep. a little more confident in what they're going to do. Uh, then you look at that group behind them where we're talking about guys like Jonathan Taylor, um, you know, and Aaron Jones. Obviously, we've talked about him a lot. Uh, and then we did say, like, Saquon Barkley, I think – it's not that certainly we don't think he, he can have a big season, but I think there are more unknowns with him versus these other guys we mentioned. Um, and then you've, you know, you've got a group behind that where it's, um, you know, guys like Joe Mixon now with Joe Burrow back, like maybe his numbers go up. Um, we know someone like Clyde Edwards Hilaire, he's on the chiefs. And anytime you're on the chiefs, you've got a chance to put up a lot of points. Um, so I think that's where things get intriguing with this running back group. But I, I think there's a pretty clear cut top six and then I think after that, um, you know, th there there are some things that um, you can mix and match, but I think that top six is, is pretty pretty well defined. Yeah, those are the safest picks in my opinion. I, I think Zeke will bounce back a bit from where, what he was able to put up last season. I was surprised to see that, you know, although at certain times he played really well, I was surprised that Jonathan Taylor ended up with the fourth most fantasy points, uh, barely above Aaron Jones of any running back. David Montgomery really high as well. So those are guys that, Last year, everyone was kind of high on them as rookies, or in Jonathan Taylor's case, and then he uh, he actually played above uh, what you would have expected based on his um, ADP. So I think he's the one outside of that top six. I, I agree that those guys are definitely in there, but I, I think Jonathan Taylor still, uh, Football Outsiders projects him to be the fifth highest scoring running back this season. I think with the quality of that line and just what they're going to have to do to make it, it work, 
uh, with Carson Wentz, who at least today is uh, on, on August 23rd, looked pretty good in his return to practice, at least in terms of uh, being able to uh, at least be out there. I, I don't know. We'll see uh, in terms of what that means uh, with the performance on the field. But having a, at least a competent quarterback obviously will help the, open up the running game a, a bit more. And I think they're going to just – Taylor's going to be a workhorse. So he's the one guy out of that top group. I Obviously, I, I wouldn't pick him over the likes of Derrick Henry, uh, Dalvin Cook, and Christian McCaffrey especially. But then when you get more into that Zeke Elliott, Nick Chubb, kind of uh, even Kamara group, he, I think he just belongs right there alongside them uh, after that. Like you said with Saquon, I just I don't know. It's 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 the, the fatigue. I, I'd love to see him uh, bounce back, but uh, from a fantasy perspective, the fatigue of what has transpired the last few seasons, it's just hard to feel great about that pick when you could be when you could see some other guys in that range and be like, all right, I'm, I'm going to draft uh, Antonio Gibson and feel pretty good about what they're going to be able to do with him in Washington, how much he's uh, become valuable for them, or even guys that we might talk about a bit more when we get to the breakout. There's a couple uh, guys that were rookies last year that I think could end up being in the tier one. I'll wait until we get to the breakout part to mention them. But I think they have that, or at least tier two, in the way that Fantasy Pros has it set up with only three guys in tier one. I think a couple of these guys could at least be top ten running backs that are deeper, but um, that's definitely the, the tier one. And uh, I, I think all those guys are going to feel pretty good about it with the durability is only so much as much as we – Want to be able to predict that? Even guys that have never been hurt, it's it's football. So, I mean, we saw it last year with McCaffrey. I, even though Dalvin was mostly healthy last year, you think about his injury history. And so I, as much as I want to say, like, oh, man, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, these guys don't get, you know, you can rely on their durability. All, all it takes is one bad hit. I hope it doesn't yeah. happen. But at the end of the day, it's a little bit of luck involved with uh, who ends up in that top five with rushing yards. It's uh, sometimes just survival of just yeah. staying on the field for the longest. That's why guys like Jonathan Taylor – even David Montgomery last year and James Robinson end up being in the top seven. Well, that's where, like, you know, you look down the line here, someone like Josh Jacobs, who we know we're used to seeing in that top 10-ish range. Well, he's 20 right now in Fantasy Pros. And then you look at Kareem Hunt, who's 23. Well, there there are two situations you talk about. I mean, a Nick Chubb injury and Kareem Hunt immediately becomes a top five type guy. Um, you know, Josh Jacobs, we know they have Kenyon Drake there now. But, again, you know, potential injury there maybe. You know, maybe they realize that they want to use Josh Jacobs more, and even though they invested in, in Drake, maybe it just winds up being, hey, we're just going to keep, you know, giving Josh Jacobs the ball, and um, maybe that pushes him back up into, you know, one of those tiers as well. So, yeah, it's um, I, I just don't, again, injuries aside, I don't think you can go wrong with the top six. I think you're going to feel pretty comfortable, um, you know, getting any of those in particular. But uh, like we said, not bad options to get behind it, whether it's a it's a Jonathan Taylor or Aaron Jones or. Again, Saquon Barkley uh, could could be thrown into that category too, and and inevitably there will be guys, and we're actually going to discuss some of them in our breakout candidates here in a minute uh, that uh, you you could place in that category also. So um, just some some thoughts here on the running backs. We're going to talk about a few more of those here coming up shortly, but uh, let's talk about the wide receivers um, because this is one where I mean it's uh th- there's a lot to choose from here, which we know because um, you know you've got a lot of different guys that. I mean, really, Dylan, even the guys that are down in the 10 to 15 range, like these are these are guys who should be able to produce pretty, you know, a high output week in and week out uh, on a mm-hmm. pretty consistent basis. So, um, for example, you know, you have a Mike Evans and a Chris Godwin who are at 12 and 14, respectively, in uh, Fantasy Pros uh, rankings right now, which 
those are two guys that I would be fine having on my team. If uh, Tom Brady's yes. the quarterback, I have no issue uh, there with those guys in particular. And then even a Julio Jones, who's down at 16. Um, so that's what you have to remember. You are getting some – there's plenty of depth here when it comes to the wide receivers. But at the top, I think we're going to be looking at the same sort of uh, faces we've been talking about here recently, although one of them has really slid into this, Dylan, and we'll, we'll discuss it uh, in the terms of the top tiers. I think for a lot of people, it's it's the one – two, three punch probably with uh, Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, and Stephon Diggs. Those are probably the top three that a lot of people are looking at. Uh, but it is notable, Dylan, that uh, at least in fantasy pros' eyes, based on you know consensus rankings, a lot of experts are weighing in here and doing their own individual rankings. This compiles their consensus one. But Calvin Ridley, uh, number four mm-hmm. now, which that I think goes back to your earlier point where you've got a team that's probably not going to be great and they're probably going to throw the ball a lot. And now that Julio Jones is off to the Titans, <laughs> Calvin Ridley is probably your, you know, he is your best option at wide receiver and your best option on the field. We know Kyle Pitts is there too. We'll talk about him in a second, but um, it's, uh, it's interesting because that, that is where we need to say, you know, you don't have to be Tyree kill and perhaps play for the best team in the league uh, and be the guy that gets all a lot of the volume. You can be a guy like Calvin Ridley and play for a below average team and get a lot of yes. the volume and have a lot of success. So, yeah, I mean, I was surprised to see that he finished fourth in fantasy points last year. It goes to that durability uh, thing, and obviously, like we just basically the Falcons, assuming they're going to be in a similar position uh, to a year ago in terms of having to play a lot of high-scoring games, having to come back depending on how well the defense plays, and we'll see how well that running game. Uh, obviously, Arthur Smith's going to want to run the ball more than they have in recent years, but without Julio there, I think Calvin uh, definitely, for me, would be at least in that. I don't know if I'd take him above. Uh, I know you're just looking at this top five. I'm not sure if I'd take him above even Justin Jefferson for sure. DeAndre Hopkins, they have uh, in that kind of range too. Like, I don't know. I, I still, maybe I'm a little more optimistic about those guys and what I feel like is going to happen. But Calvin, I think he kind of proved, especially last season, that he's more than just a second fiddle to Julio Jones' visibility on the route tree and basically everything he can do. I think he finally started seeing after maybe a, a little bit of a slow rookie year uh, before, uh, I think he started kind of breaking out and seeing how just insanely talented he is. We always knew he was talented, but uh, with the, the production on the field actually matched the potential there. So I put, I, I think he's still maybe deserves to be in that top five with, I, I either throw in maybe Hopkins. I still feel good about what he's going to be able to produce. Um, even uh, even Justin Jefferson, they have a number eight here on, on uh, Fantasy Pros. I'd still put him maybe in that top five, six. But I think Calvin Ridley is not far behind that that top trio of Tyreek, Devontae, and Stefan. I think those Stefan Diggs and uh, obviously last year was insane. But I think th- that three is uh, pretty set, like you said. I, I think that those three, I'm not going to try to uh, say anyone, even a deeper guy by the end of the year. I'd be surprised if those guys aren't at least top ten guys. It's hard to stay in the top three every single season. But as long as they stay healthy, there's no reason not to think that the three best Receivers and arguably the three best offenses potentially are going to be uh, some of the best fantasy scorers. Uh, deeper guys that can maybe penetrate uh, the, the tier two, tier one list, uh, looking at these names. Uh, one that's really deep, I, I don't think this would be really compar- considered a breakout, so I'm not going to mention him there, but I think get, depending on how quickly Jamar Chase takes uh, a hold of things in Cincinnati, I think Tyler Borg could end up being way above his 36 ranking yeah. here. I think he could be in that tier three at least um, in terms of how how well that offense was going before Joe Burrow got hurt. They they were going at a, a rate um, per pass play some of the best offenses in the NFL last year uh, for that stretch when uh, a few weeks before Joe got hurt. So 
I don't know. I feel like even with their offensive line concerns, they're going to a team again without a good defense uh, yet that they're going to have to be throwing the ball a ton as long as Joe stays healthy. I think we've seen Tyler Boyd just always consistently produce as well. So I could see him jumping up. I think even one that's a little deeper, and I know it's a team that runs the ball a ton, but I think uh, Kevin Stefanski really hasn't gotten any opportunity to see what he can do with Odell Beckham Jr. I think he opens up the Browns offense in a way that last year they didn't need to because of how efficient they were running the ball and throwing uh, over the middle. And some they had some deep passes, but a lot of them were catching runs or things schemed up. I think Odell does provide a different element where he, at 27, I, he's not. I'm not saying he's going to be one of those guys like he used to be as, as a top six, top eight. Uh, uh, a receiver here, but I think he's another guy that could easily uh, outplay his uh, projection. People just kind of forget how talented he is and when he's on the field. I, I do think, yes, they performed well last year. And there's a some fans are like, you know, they don't need Odell, but I think he does provide a different element and explosiveness that I can see him cracking the top ten and points by the end of the year if he stays healthy. Um, the the one the one wild card that would be in that top five. So most of these guys I'm saying will move up to the top ten or so. Someone that could be top five, it's not It's not like he's that far down here, is C.D. Lamb. I could see him yeah. just having a monster year. I wouldn't even I, – I didn't put him on our breakout list, at least I don't think I did, because I, even though he didn't put up, like, you know, the most insane numbers by the end of the year, I still think he, he's clearly a, one of the uh, top 20 receivers in the NFL at least um, last season. So uh, I think he's a guy with with Dak healthy and it, what C.D. is just going to have in, in year two with all the, all the work he's put in. I can see him cracking that top five by the end of the year and scoring. Well, there's another wild card, too, that's way down the list here. We're not used to saying that about him, but uh, I think you know where I'm going with Michael Thomas, who um, is all the way down at 47, oh, yeah. of course. He's got the injury situation and could be out, you know, I don't even know. Like, I feel like it's probably October at the earliest based on reports. Um, but it's interesting because we know, like, talent, the talent's there for this guy to to be a – you know, a top type of uh, productive receiver, but there are just so many unknowns. And I think it's just, I think it's interesting to see that he's down at 47 right now. Um, you know, again, a lot of that initially based on the entry, but we don't even know, you know, what that looks like when he comes back with the saints. Yeah. Like there's so many unknowns, but that is one that um, I think at initial glance, you probably are like, wait a second, Michael Thomas, I'll be down 47, but yeah, like he, um, he's one that I'm not saying, you know, go wild here and, pick this mm -hmm. guy in the second round or anything but if you have room like i think it's certainly it's certainly worth a worth a throw um if if that's an option just based oh, on yeah. i mean right like just knowing that he he could still be really good so um that's another one to kind of keep your eye on down there uh in that but uh tight ends well this is where things get interesting sometimes because uh, we've talked about it over the years where you look at tight ends and well don't always kind of have a, much of a tier beyond probably the top, top tier, right? And I yep. think that's where, when you look at this, um, you know, tight ends is an interesting one. We know that the the usual names that are going to be up there, like Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller and George Kittle. Um, Mark Andrews, probably you're still going to keep in that category just based on his chemistry with Lamar Jackson. But then you've got guys, you know, like a Kyle Pitts who could emerge into that top, top, you know, tier at this point. TJ Hawkinson, I guess, but yeah, you know, beyond that, it's um, you're you're kind of looking at a group that I just don't know that there's a lot of a lot of expectations for in terms of what they're going to do. But this is where too, I think, 
to me, and you're not going to put them necessarily in this top tier because I, I do. I think it's there's three guys like it's Kelsey, Kittle, mm-hmm. Waller. Like that's your that's your far and away top three to me, and and maybe Mark Andrews you could put in there in my opinion. Um, but I think the duo of Hunter Henry and Johnu Smith with the Patriots, uh, that's a that's an interesting one to me because maybe they just kind of equal each other out, and that hurts. Yeah. I think that's maybe the problem, but. I also believe that if, you know, we're looking at a Mac Jones quarterback situation, you know, we know, like, if you're a rookie, like, it's relying on the tight ends is something you can yep. do and have a lot of success with, um, you know, on those sort of quick outs and all that. So, PPR-wise, I could I could still see value in both of those guys because one of those guys is probably going to break out and, you know, perhaps be above the other. Uh, but that is probably the only other two I would mention that maybe just jumping into that. I know Noah Fant's up here pretty high. Yeah. Uh, Logan Thomas as well uh, for Washington, but I can't say you know any behind that group. I just don't. Yeah, I just I'm not sure I want any part of that. So, but guess what? You're gonna have to take some of these guys because uh, it's a numbers game. So yeah, I, I think you mentioned Fant. He's the one that I'm like, if the Broncos' offense is respectable, I think his ability to kind of be a safety net in the middle of that the field, and I think yeah, with all the receiving talent they have. It should open up opportunities for him. He's a guy that, uh, since he's been in the league, leads qualified tight ends and yards after the catch ahead of George Kittle and Johnny Smith. So there's a, he's clearly proven that when he does get the ball, he's able to do something with it. Uh, but I think, yeah, the top three, like you said, easily, easily, easily is Kelsey, Waller, Kittle in some order for me, assuming Kittle stays healthy. I think uh, he could end up being <laughs> – obviously, Kelsey usually ends up being the number one guy. I think Kittle could surpass Waller for the second spot. Um Potentially, I think still have a ton of faith in what Waller can do, but we'll see if the Raiders' offensive line can continue to be as strong as it's been. Alex Leatherwood's looked pretty good so far this preseason in left tackle, so hopefully that continues. I think you mentioned a good one with Hawkinson because of uh, the receiving talent for Detroit. Otherwise, maybe not fantastic. Uh, outside of a guy that I'm going to mention in the breakout candidates, it's not a receiver, but he'll catch a lot of passes, I think. Uh, they have a pretty good offensive line projected by Pro Football Focus to be 10th in the NFL, so... I think with Hawkinson, he's going to, especially with a guy like Goff, who likes to, to get the ball out quick. We see, saw at certain points Tyler maybe really become a big weapon for him in Los Angeles. So I can see Hawkinson still being, you know, last year he ends up finishing fifth in fantasy points. He's in that range. The guy that's actually the fourth highest projection from fantasy pros is Logan Thomas, which would be really interesting. I do think Fitzpatrick has had some uh, good, uh, he had a lot of good chemistry with Mike Gusecki in Miami and with some uh, tight ends previously in his career. So I, I could see that. Um, I do think the easy one, and it's like uh, it feels like just kind of a cop-out to say that, that uh, we immediately expect Kyle Pitts to become in that range, but I don't think it's crazy to think that Kyle Pitts, <laughs> for some of the reasons we mentioned with Calvin Ridley, um, and with the way that how they're going to have to throw the ball with some of the success tight ends have had previously uh, there with Matt Ryan in, in Atlanta, I could see Pitts really quickly, and with Arthur Smith, how he's able to draw up things. I could see him really quickly become the, the third or fourth best tight end. So I think he's one that I would probably take uh, just because of the upside and uh, it would be fun, obviously, <laughs> for him. And But because of actually what I expect, I, I think Pitts would be uh, in that top five in the, with the, that top three we mentioned of Kelsey Waller-Kittle. And then the fifth spot, it's some some group of between, yeah, you mentioned all the guys, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, I think Noah Fant and Logan Thomas, that group. Definitely good. Robert Tanyan finished third in fantasy points but among tight ends last year. 
I don't know if I'd exactly predict that to, to be the case again. It's not like he, his total points was that much higher. At, you really have Kelsey and Waller last season and a gap than Tanya and Andrews and Hawkinson and those guys. So it, it gets a little bit even in that group. But uh, So I wouldn't, as much as Tanya could be a safe uh, tight end one, I wouldn't put him in the upside to be a top five guy necessarily. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think that, um, like we said, this feels pretty okay. clear cut in terms mm-hmm. of what we could see with this group. Um, so, yeah, this is this is always the one I think that gets people because it's like you don't want to necessarily, you know, go unless you feel like you can get the top tier. Like that's where I think my strategy is usually just, all right, well, let me just hold off and try to hope someone's down. Like that's where we talk about like a Hunter Henry or a Johnny Smith who are a little bit further down here. Like, I think you can probably still be fine uh, with that position, which, as we know, some people just punt the tight end position anyways. But um, if you can get Kelsey, Waller, Kittle, uh, congratulations. So uh, you're, you'll be doing okay. Um, all right, let's talk about some of the breakout players. I know, Dylan, you put together a list here, and I'll probably add uh, some as we go along here. But I know you've got several guys here. And, of course, some of them uh, are a couple of rookies and uh, some other guys who uh, could kind of thrive in more expanded roles this season. Yeah, so – Two, one that I didn't put down, but another guy, just because he had such a, by the end of the year, was one of the top running backs by fantasy points, uh, was J.K. Dobbins. But I still think he has a chance to to really become like a true number one running back, uh, a guy that as the year went on, his production went up and up and his, his average scoring went up, his opportunities went up. I think this year he's clearly going to be the number one running back there, even though they still want to have some sort of rotation. I think he, as right now, you know, as a guy that, maybe a little bit deeper down on these lists. I think he has the potential to also become a, a top five, top six t- uh, running back in, in the league, uh, at least with fantasy points. Um, and then the other one's DeAndre uh, Swift. I, we kind of talked about the lines, offensive line, and the lack of receiving weapons. I think Swift's going to have a huge opportunity to have a really big role quickly there in Detroit um, uh, uh, where the offense, uh, the coaching staff coming in, it's going to want to, has previously Use running backs a lot in the passing game. I think it's not going to be any different with Swift. I think he's a guy that, for me, uh, I might be taking a little bit higher than the ADPs out there. Uh, and I, trusting the Lions' offense is not a not a you know a, usually a, a worthwhile proposition. I just have a little more faith in what the offense line is looking like this year. It's shaping up to be the, really the one strength of that team. So a couple those are a couple guys I could see breaking out. Also at the running back position, I put Najee Harris. As much as I I'm really skeptical about the Steelers' offensive line. I think uh, Najee Harris has the uh, ability to break tackles and really make the most out of um, the opportunity he's going to be given. Uh, I think he's going to get a lot of volume. So he's a guy that could break out, but I, I maybe I feel a little bit better about the, the two incumbent guys uh, and Swift and Dobbins. So that, that's more of the, the running back position. Receiver, I put a number of guys. I know I mentioned Tyler Boyd on, on the for the Bengals, but I do think T. Higgins could have a significant jump in year two with, with Burrow. I think there's just a couple of little things here and there that if he improved, I, I feel like his numbers would have been a lot higher, and I think he's going to have, uh, with the attention paid to other members of that offense, I think he's going to have a lot of good opportunities one-on-one. I did put one rookie receiver here in Devontae Smith. I Obviously, it's preseason, but his route running looks like full-on star caliber. <laughs> uh, he's uh, taking top DBs, or at least guys that are – sometimes in the second tier for teams in the preseason, making them look still like college DBs did uh, with the way that he's able to, uh, to maneuver his body. He's just, this is such a silky route runner that I think in Philadelphia will get 
uh, quickly become their number one target and a uh, team that's severely lacked uh, that, that depth at receivers. So I think he, he has a great opportunity. A couple more guys that have been around. Uh, and Darnell Mooney, depending on when Fields takes over, I think Mooney continues to, to improve and um, looks really good so far in preseason. Uh, again, it's preseason. But I just think with, with the potential of what Fields could bring by a certain point in the season, uh, to have that number two guy in Chicago that's going to have things opened up a bit by Allen Robinson, I think Mooney has a great chance. And then Jerry Judy, I think he – you saw moments and flashes where it's like this guy can be do the same things we saw at Alabama than other times where he's a little slowed down, maybe a little bit similar, really, the, the reports. If you looked at the same training camp reports of Jerry Judy last year, they're probably a little similar to what's happening with Jamar Chase right now. But I, I think that Judy in, in the, just uh, by all accounts has really improved uh, with his consistency, with his uh, limiting the drops. I think by the end of the year, if, again, I know Noah Fant is the, more of the trendy pick in a lot of – if you look at a lot of breakout lists out there, uh, Noah Fant's probably the one tight end mentioned quite a bit. Uh, Judy maybe not as mentioned as often in receiver. I still think uh, it is because they do have a really deep receiving room. But I, it's preseason for for Julak and, and, and Teddy Bridgewater, but they've both looked solid. Um, I think just if the offensive line can be decent enough, these guys are – I think Judy is such a great route runner that he's going to have opportunities and definitely can break out to becoming a fantasy. You know, right now he's, he's going pretty deep. Uh, 30th, uh, according to Fantasy Pros, I could see him definitely getting into that top 20 range, at least, uh, depending on how well everything holds up in front of him. But I think he's put in the work and has the potential himself to be put uh, in that range. Yeah, there's, I mean, those are, again, they talk about Devonta Smith. I think that's where, like, Jalen Hurts could be someone that you throw in there, like, look, I mean, if, yeah. like, he could, his numbers could soar, depending on how that comes together. Um, I, a couple guys that I think I may convince myself to take a gamble on, um, which is, this is going to be wild to think about, but we talk about teams who are going to be playing from behind, and I know they have a rookie quarterback, but we had waited and waited and waited for this guy to finally break out. Oh, boy. You know what I do? I'm going to have you to take a guess here. Oh, man. I don't, is it a jet? It's a jet. <laughs> is it? Is it Jamison Crowder? Uh, it's Corey Davis, because uh. we... You know, it's interesting, right? Like, we had just waited and waited and waited, and now I think by by necessity it's possible that he could have he could have the numbers because I think yeah. that's where we talk about targets. And um, But, but I, I mean, you know, that's, that's a lot of that's dependent on Zach Wilson, too. So I can't say I'm 100% confident in that one. I'm throwing out some wild cards here. We, we do this all the time. But that is one I would say maybe – um, if I get a little bit further down and he's there, I don't think that's a terrible idea. Um, I'll tell you one that intrigues me, and this is this is where I, it's, we're staying in the AFC East here. But it's a very crowded wide receiver room. But, you know, the whole Will Fuller thing, like we have seen him have just monster mm-hmm. games before. Now that was with Deshaun Watson and not, you know, Tua. But I still think that, you know, a couple of those guys are going to emerge. Like we said, there's a big, like that's a big room there with Will Fuller, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Parker, um, you know, mm-hmm. Preston Williams is there. I'm sure there's somebody else I'm forgetting. Um, but yeah. I, I just think that he's not bad. Now he's in that 30, he's like that 30, late 30 range here in terms of yep. wide receiver tiers. But he is someone that I can't say I'm like just going to be targeting, but if he's there down the line, I think you could potentially see him 
I mean, he could be like their number yeah. one wide receiver by the end of the year. Um, so I think that's that's an interesting one to me. Like wide receivers, I just I just find a, it's an interesting group because there's so many to choose from, and you know you <laughs> could, yeah, right? It's just like you could take a chance on some of these guys, but you know there, there could be 30 guys better, and it's just like there's not a whole lot that separates them. I guess at running back, you know. I, I talked about like the situation with, with Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake. Like I, I just, I find that interesting, but mm-hmm. I, I worry, you know, with them, they wouldn't have went out and spent the money that they did probably on Drake. If they felt, I just, I don't know. Like that, that's an interesting one for, for me, I guess. But um, I mean, David Montgomery, depending on the bears, I suppose, but he was solid last year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, you know, again, with improved quarterback play, maybe that helps him a little bit. And, and perhaps he's someone that can move into that, you know, next sort of tier than maybe where he's at right now. So, yeah, those are a couple different ones, I guess, that, that come come at me uh, off the top of my head. Predicting year to year production is tough. But I mean, the fact that David Montgomery finished in the top six of fantasy points last year and he's going up 15th among all running backs. Yeah, it does. I, I do feel like he's going to be still closer to that level. He's a guy that has played through injuries. He's a tough dude, and he, he can, uh, as much as uh, in terms of his number of targets, I think it will probably only go up, and I think he still can be a better receiver than he's been. Obviously, uh, Cohen and, uh, and things kind of led to those to the opportunities he got. I think that's a great point. Uh, the NFC, or the AFC East is a tricky division, man. The Jets, think of Michael Carter and the, the <laughs> what he might be able to do as a rookie running back is a really deep guy, maybe more appropriate on our next episode for this fantasy special on sleepers. But um, other ones that the Patriots are going to have, I think they have one of the best offensive lines projected by pro football focus in the NFL. And I, I know that it's always risky with the way that Belichick manages running backs. <laughs> um, so I do get scared about Damian Harris, but I think he could be pretty, pretty dang good. I think he could end up being, uh, he's, he's clearly become the number one running back for them on the depth chart and what they talked about. And as much as James White is still going to be there and they, they have even beyond Sony Michelle, other guys that have looked pretty impressive in the preseason, their offensive line has kind of been mauling uh, everyone so far in their two preseason games. But I think Damian Harris just ha- I think I'd draft him ahead of some guys where, uh, where his current ADP is um, just based on what I think. I don't know if he's qualifies as a breakout, but maybe he could be a lot higher by the end of the year than we expect. And another Patriot that's looked really good and they need to have someone look really good at this position at receivers, Jacoby Myers. So yeah, uh, Mac Jones has looked pretty solid at you. Cam Newton. I know he had the mispractice today and it came out that it was just because of a confusion about some testing for COVID. Um, but he'll be back within a few days, but still regardless, I mean, I think Cam's looked better in this preseason, at least I know he's still gotten, uh, some criticism quite a bit, uh, which is always going to happen with Cam. But I think between those two quarterbacks, they're going to have improved quarterback play this season overall, regardless of who's out there, in my opinion. And I think that Jacoby Myers is improving, and they need someone to get those targets, even if they're going to be a really run-heavy offense. I think uh, a mini breakout season from Myers uh, could, could be in the works. Yeah, he's. I think the Patriots are they're fascinating because there's a lot of directions I think that could go for them on offense this season. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's um, can't say I'm 100 confident in them, but uh, they they have options if it all comes together. So we'll see with that. But uh, like you said, uh, on the next episode we will get more into uh, sleepers, uh, you know, ADP picks, all this kind of stuff. So uh, that was just a look at some of the the top players. Obviously, you're going to be considering in your drafts and potential breakout candidates. We'll talk a little bit more about the sleeper picks 
in the next episode. But uh, for now, Dylan, I know uh, lots of coverage over clutch points uh, heading into the start of the season, uh, both uh, just with the NFL and uh, in fantasy. Yes, tons of fantasy. We have all of our uh, all of our articles about each position. Guys are going to gain the most targets, lose the most targets, break breakout sleepers. Most of the things we're talking about here are also being covered in the written form at Clutch Points. So uh, you can click Fantasy Football at the top of the homepage to read that. You can also search Fantasy Football for all the fantasy content that we have uh, in the Clutch Points app. Same thing with the NFL section there. All of our NFL content, tons of coverage of all the news, how it relates to fantasy, uh, helping out with anyone that's still doing the drafts like us here at Clutch Points. We always do the draft right before the regular season to take all the preseason and injuries and everything into account. So if you're like us, you're probably doing all of your research right now, and you can hopefully find some of what you're looking for by going to clutchpoints.com to the fantasy football section. Yep, check it all out there and subscribe to the podcast. Any podcast app you use, search for Stavros the Pass. And uh, thanks, as always, uh, to the fine folks at Blue Wire for all that they do. And thank you, as always, for listening. Talk to you guys next time here on the Established the Past Podcast.